Check, check. He's Tommy Yoon. Say, say many things, Tommy. Many things. Here we go. One, two, three. He has a French accent. You are, uh, I'm not going to be French, though. <laughs> what do you mean going to be French? You're either French or not French. Well, I am uh, Quebec, uh, which is maybe even better than French. Your Quebecois accent is lilting. It's a lilting accent. No, I believe that uh, French is lilting. More than <laughs> Quebec ever, ever did. Oh, so it's not like uh, geese honking. No, it's not like geese honking. <laughs> it's like French, but you flatten it down like with your shoe. It's good, but we have the unique plural situation where uh, where I can say I, I worked a match with many fine wrestler up there. <laughs> and all the fan, <laughs> believe me, they love the show. They went banana. Just one banana. No, no need for more than one. Where's my microphone stand? Uh, Fifi, you hold uh, Tommy's he's microphone. He's going to be difficult. Yes. Is this it? Are we doing it? I think we are. You have such a teeny mic. Merci. It was a compliment, yes. Bibi, uh, we are very excited today. Do you know why? Uh, I do. Would you like to say why? Tommy mm, Blotcher. Tommy Blotcher. Two words. Oh, hi. Hi, Tommy it's Blotcher. nice to see you Hello, Tommy again. Blotcher. It's been a while, so yes. It's been a very long time. You're still as shy and strange <laughs> as ever. <laughs> Merci. Merci. You are just as uh, intimidating. Huh. As you were when we first well, met you, but he has a—he has a sweet eyes. Yeah. So it's mm. not too scary. I don't know if we ever saw his eyes before. Always with his uh, wrap-on sunglasses. Yes, but now he has a, l- a LASIK, so mm-hmm. no glasses are needed. That's right. You, know, you can shoot lasers out of your eyes now. No, lasers were shot into my oh, eyes I'm to, sorry. to make it change the shape of the cornea. Oh, oh. I don't know who told you they could shoot lasers out of their eyes, but... Mm, I thought that's what we were talking about. Sometimes my English is... I can't... Mm, I never trusted you girls, and I don't trust you now, so... Thank you for coming, even you, though oh, you you're don't welcome. trust us. Yeah. No, it's a compliment. Not to tr- you sh- I'm, I don't think you should be trusted. We keep you on your toes. Yes. That's this good. Is true. That's a warning to everyone out there, too. Tommy, we've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You live above a strip club now. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Um, that's what it is, isn't it? Sorry. It's a gentleman's club. Yeah. I, I didn't say it in a mean way. I'm sorry. I'll change it. Have you been to Cheetahs before? Mm-hmm. I've been as well. Yes. Our favorite place is there's a little cubby to the... There was. I don't know if it's still there. Oh, since they remodel. Yeah. Have you been since they remodel? Uh, no, I haven't. Since they have Just a uh, velvet rope outside now? No. Do they have a buffet? Hopefully. A seafood buffet? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. If I it's. If it's upscale, as we hope it is. Well, it, f- it fits you guys. I, you guys, in our past, I always think of you as like nice little geraniums that come out of raw sewage. Cause you're always in a tor- terrible, nefarious place. But you're the, the most wonderful things there. The wrestling biz, living in a strip yes. club, you know. Not in a strip club, above. Above. We're above a right. strip club. Marrying some very strange character. Yeah. You're just not happy for Fifi? I'm very happy. He's, I'm Amer- just he's American citizen. Yes. I'm just and I And I mean love. Those, both those things. I understand. I'm just pointing out that something's just always a little off with you. You have to it's admit. What, it makes us charming. Yes. Maybe it sets us apart from all the other uh, Schwingens that you yes. met. Yes, it, it, it definitely set you apart from the other Schwingens. Well then. Bibi, can I read a quote? I'm not sure where it came from, but it says, uh, Sometimes the hardest person to wrestle is yourself. Are you familiar with this quote? I am. What does it mean to you? Well, I think it means that uh, your own demons and your own sometimes past or your own looking at yourself uh, honestly or limitations or whatever is the hardest thing. And, you know, that's 
you're wrestling with that, so I assume that's where that quote comes from. I don't agree with that quote, by the way. That's interesting because uh, it's used to describe a Mongo Wrestling Alliance show. Right, but they've never wrestled people like Buddy Rogers or Ernst Rober. Believe me, those guys are harder to wrestle than yourself. Yeah, Man Mountain Mike. If anyone's ever wrestled Man Mountain Mike... He's harder to wrestle than your conscience? He's harder to wrestle than 10 of my consciences. You Ken Patera. Can you imagine wrestling Ken Patera? I personally, no. no so. I think he would demolish me. Yeah, the list goes on. Even someone like Rip Rogers would be yeah, harder to wrestle than myself. I, I was thinking of him. But it was a really good tagline at the end of a commercial for a ill-fated wrestling cartoon that came and went. A what? Wrestling cartoon? No, what was the first part? Ill-fated? What are you saying to us? Kind of a uh, kind of like you see a plane taking off, but it's on fire. You kind of know, oh, it's it's up in the air, but things, but things and then something spectacular happens? Yeah, it explodes. Well, that people, is a, that's always fun to watch. Yeah. No, it's good. It just went away. It had a brown man like a snoogie. Yeah, a snoogie. Yes. Like a Boba Brazil type. Ex- remember him? Oh, yes. One of my favorites. I remember Ernie the Big Cat Lad took quite a liking to you guys after when you first came to America. We were very you young at that time. Mm-hmm. Should we tell about uh, how we came to America when we first met Tommy? Okay, we, we're done talking about uh, Mongol Wrestling Alliance, I suppose. Yeah. Is it going to be this regimented? This, this is the section? We have to move in. Do we have to tell when we're moving into another section? We are French, not German. Yeah. Bibi. Yeah. No. You're acting German. You're acting a, little <laughs> g- acting a little German right now. I was trying to appeal to Tommy since he lived in Germany. Mm, this is true. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. T- this section of the interview is over, and we will move to the next section about the next topic. You know, I prefer to be fluid. I just, you know, yeah, I just want to make sure everything, you know, you sum up your, your wonderful show in three sentences, and then we're on to another topic. I just want to make sure. I could sum it up in this. <laughs> enjoyed it but okay i, I, I loved it yeah <laughs> i no, i had a great it's just you know it's sad when things die or live on forever on a dvd mm. why i don't know why you sing it die yes live on forever mm, i'll look at it like that from now on i guess we move on to next section because section two <laughs> we will start interviewing now i feel embarrassed <laughs> no it's yes tommy never make fun of anyone this is a big revelation in this interview <laughs> why this time why this one time why well, me I don't know. I know, I feel I'm ganging up on you. I'm sorry. My microphone is tiny. You don't take me seriously. I, I'm not even getting in your your twisted twins web because you know, it's like you talk logic and then all of a sudden you, you find yourself, you're bound up in like a, some kind of web and you're both like injecting me this with some kind of fluid that turns my guts to liquid. That's Believe what me. we're known for. Yes. Believe me, I know. I, I saw it immediately. Which brings us to <laughs> section three. Yeah. Back to Germany and <laughs> the Unspundenfest. In Switzerland, actually. silly. Yeah. Swiss are practically German. That's what everyone doesn't know. Well, we were more in the uh, next to the French border. So Right. Yes. But I know you t- You are basically French manipulating German barbarians. That's pretty much where I... S- we would not be wrestlers if we did not have those... Uh, oh, I know. Those characteristics... You know, we've kind of shed that image, too. I want you to know. Everyone thinks we are sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Little French sweethearts now. This so. this man, though, he knows for a long time. Should we give a little backstory about... Do we ever speak about how we met Tommy Blotcher? Well, I remember. I, was, I had just finished working for wrestling. I was trying to start my own wrestling promotion. You were working for Double Double? I, I was working for the WWF at the time, 99-2000. If you want to see one of the worst moments in Raw history... Actually, I'm sorry. 
a worst moment because we are aware of a fantastic moment. But we let him talk. We edit that out. Continue. How will we know if, if it's edited we, out? We would just... <laughs> Fifi got too excited. I know, I'm sorry. We did some research on you, and we see one of the most fascinating things we've ever seen, and we Is wonder it, you're why... You're talking about the hand baby? Yeah, why only one <laughs> year there if the hand baby existed? Well... Can we describe what we see for people who have not seen it? You can. I used to be a... Uh, I used to work for the World Wrestling Federation. Yes. I was a paramedic sometimes. Yes, with blonde hair. With blonde hair, and uh, sometimes I would try to help mm, wrestlers hurt in a ring, and... Get involved in some of the uh, zabada, as they say in the business. Yes. Little schmas here and there, and get thrown through a table. And there was a 78-year-old woman named Mae Young who was pregnant by uh, uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Uh, she was a wrestler herself at one time. Yes. Oh, she was. Yes. She debuted in the, the era of Debbie Combs in the 40s, and f- I think she—I'll say it—she may have been a longtime lover of the fabulous Moolah, or maybe they were just friends, or. They weren't lovers, they were lovers with other. Fabulous you know. Mula also in this, uh, she was with uh, Mae Young during yes, this yes. situation. Charming woman, God yes. rest her soul, she just died recently. Yes. Debuted in 1947 as Jungle Girl, one of my personal heroes. Look up Mae Young, you'll be just a, a superior human being. Not unlike the uh, Pooh Bells in that uh, category. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I didn't hear a thank you from you. Merci. Yeah, okay. So I do that. That's, I live for that mercy. Remember? Remember I used to say, I live for that mercy, and then you guys would just giggle and walk away. Yeah, we leave you hanging. But yep. in, the, in, the, in the darkest moments, we would give you a mercy. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it meant a lot more then, right? It, well, I think it always meant an equal amount. I think it's like Didn't a... make up for lost time? Mm-hmm, yeah, it did. But still always was an equal. Like a hundred story building is always a hundred stories. Mm. I don't know. That's a philosophy right there. Edit it out if you'd like so, to. Uh, so, uh, Mae Young, she was uh, like 107. She's wearing a beaded uh, evening gown. Mula taking she it was really uh, calmly considering her lovers on a... Well, I wouldn't say they were lovers. This is just rumor from days. I'm trying to just point out that those women were good old school lesbians. Maybe, they were maybe not with wha- each other. Um, maybe they are mm. twins. No, they weren't twins. Okay. Ooh, uh-oh. No, 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 no. No, that yeah, is please stop. That is not yeah. what I meant. I meant they're good friends, but anyway. Okay, beaded, beaded evening gown. Why was she wearing that? Well, she was um, the valet or companion of Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. Yes. Six foot four, 410 pound world's strongest man who impregnated her at age 78. And Vince McMahon, that storyline had to end for some reason. And he said, that storyline's over. And I'm like, well, you know, let's have someone, you know, my pitch was, which we had the Dudley boys throw her through a table in a wheelchair. And I was like, you know, get some good heat on someone else. Let's have her thrown through another table or what have you and she can have a miscarriage and for some reason Vince was no it's got to end today and you're the one that's going to end it which I think since it was my idea to come up with it maybe he was kind of punishing me a little to end it you clean up this mess you make Tommy I think so a little bit of that and then it's like nope you're going to be the paramedic gimmick and uh, she's going to have an obstruction I'm like well what is it going to be and then in the wrestling uh, biz we had a call him the magic man he's a guy that in hollywood they call him a prop man so vince went over to his area and uh, found a hand a rubber hand and said this is the obstruction and so this is all you know shoot stuff yes and uh breaking the kayfabe yes. and uh and that was it so she hurt herself and then i was the paramedic who delivered a goo covered rubber hand that was white that was white, and it's one of the worst moments in Raw history. And uh, 
to this day, I've had probably a hundred or way more wrestling fans and wrestlers say, "What the fuck was that?" And my answer is like Vince McMahon's fault. Vince. Because <laughs> I, I did a, I did a research. I tried to find any reason whatsoever that it was a hand covered in goo huh. delivered, <laughs> a white hand, not a yeah. not a mulatto, not a mixed race hand. I guess if you follow the storyline to its reasonable conclusion, that maybe she was being fisted by someone in her incredible wrestling past and her vulva was so strong that could have severed someone's hand and, and she forgot about it and it was up there. Was she, she mistook for a pregnancy oh, that later came out. I, I was going to ask because... That would be my... Okay, so it was hysterical pregnancy or just a hand she thought was a baby? I think if you have a severed hand up inside you, it might not be legi- technically a hysterical pregnancy. Technically, probably not. If it's a severed hand. Did anybody come forward after and... No, the storyline ended there. What? Kaput, the storyline is over. We move to the next storyline. Okay, seems like good opportunity for... See, that's the French in you. <laughs> but the German... Well, Vince is uh, Irish. Some things just, you know, what you have to realize is there was a whole preceding weeks before this, so some things just gotta end. And I know a lot of fans and a lot of people like, but shouldn't it have? But it's like, no, just let it go. I think maybe now everyone can let it go. Sure. But hey, the fans can see it on YouTube, right? Yeah, they sure can because I saw it. I'll put a, maybe put up a link to that. Put up yes. a link. Yes. To the best moment ever in a WWE history. Once I was actually, this is uh, true, I was on a date and a Monday Night Raw was playing at a bar and it was years later, but it was a um, like an anniversary show or a hundredth show or something of that nature. And <laughs> and they said, and I and I saw it like out of the corner of my eye, it said like, worst moments in Raw history. And they had this like, video package and I just knew like, oh, it's got to be in there. <laughs> and and then I was with this girl and, uh, and it was kind of like to the left on the screen and I it was just this awesome moment it was one of the be- better moments of my life where because it was just like there was like a lull and I just said like oh that's me <laughs> and she just looked and she, she, I was just looking and she was so confused and, and it was me like a paramedic pushing with the, you know the whole gimmick and all the wrestlers pushing her on a gurney if you go to this link you'll see it and she just saw that and just looked back at me I was just looking at her like that's me and she just was like really mystified I would have asked you to marry me at that moment <laughs> <laughs> if that had been me. She I, did, but she was only 500 pounds and I was waiting for mm. her to be 600 pounds. We were in a feeding relationship. Oh. Look, look it up on Wikipedia. No, I know what that is. Well, I'm sorry it didn't work out. Well, that's the wrestling if you, Lady, if you're listening now and you're 600 pounds, please contact uh, Tommy Butcher. He's ready. I want my women to be the exact weight of Haystacks Calhoun. That is my oh, personal. Haystack. Multiple Haystacks. He was not Haystack. Calhoun. No. Hey, uh, are we done with that section now? Waiting for Tommy to Section tell me. three is over. Now we go to the beginning, the origins of our relationship. <coughs> but legitimately, when I met you. Yeah, wait, hold on one second. Well, where did BB go? Which one are you again? Why don't you take a guess? I just want to say that a lot. Which one are you? I've only le- I've only legitimately um, mistaken you two a couple times. Our hair is a similar size now. Right. It's easier to mistake. A couple times I mistook you two. Did we make you feel bad or did we no, were we aware? No, it w- usually would be just like initially and then I would realize within 30 seconds to something. You could not tell us apart at some point? Just little here and there there's been times. That is nice because we still have the uh, friends that uh, get in our face and say, I don't know which one you are. Well, I don't know 
which one you are. Let's face it, girls. You don't hang around with the best people. We don't know too many people in Los Angeles, so we... Yeah, what? 10, 12,000? <laughs> well, you know, Facebook friends are not mm. real friends. It's not right. the same thing. You seem to know everyone when I first met you. And, mm. But now we don't. You seem to know like, every wrestler in Eastern Europe when I first met well, you. Yeah, yeah, but none of them are here. There's, we leave uh, no. that family behind. I'm just saying, you... Okay, Let's we're very real. personable girls and yes. very talented. And okay. uh, personable, very talented, very outgoing. We were a big success in uh, in uh, Europe. Yeah, I heard a lot of stuff about you. That is okay, get it out right now. Get it. What are you trying well, to say? I'm saying. Wait, what is he look, saying? He's looking around with these little tummy eyes. He's well, trying you to know, suggest things. We were only seventeen. Please keep that in mind. Well, it's hard for people. Out there. You know the wrestling biz yes. and people and the boys in the locker room and you know, ribs and. You know, ribs are like jokes and rib. Yeah. le rib le rib it's, oui. it's like a joke but I heard you had a little reputation of maybe putting a little something in wrestlers sandwiches like a mustard or like sleeping pills and because we need that advantage in the ring I don't I, is I, that what he's saying no I think it just was just what I heard we, we said the record straight tummy mm-hmm you know, when you are a big, muscly man and you have to fight against tiny little girls and you lose, sometimes it makes you bitter. You're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And, and then you say, oh, let's have a uh, shooting match and we see who really is the toughest one and then you still lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes your only uh, way to defend your honor... Your re- recourse, yeah. Recourse yes. is to say nasty things about sleepy pills and uh, sandwiches. Hmm. What do you think of that? Well, I just hear it a lot from a lot of people. Still? Still. Sure. What? Oh. No, I don't say that you do it now, but uh, you know, I know. But in the past? Sure. <laughs> Tommy Rich, Rip Rogers, La Parca. No, La Parca is not saying nothing. I know that for certain. So why did you differentiate La Parca from the other ones if you weren't... He is a Mexican. You're kind of... Because actually, I just threw him in there. I'm not a homicide detective, but it seems like you did it with the other ones and you didn't to La Parca. And when I said La Parca... They it's like if someone said, you murdered Sally, Jenny, and Jane, and they really did, and they said no, and then I said, and Alice, and you said, well, no, I didn't murder Alice. I definitely did you, not Then know. you would go like, oh, I think they did murder. I see your point, but uh, that aside, uh, can uh, we? Can you please do your thing where you end it? Sectioned ended. <laughs> I'm not saying you did a bad thing, and you're being so really was, defensive. So it was a selling point for... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's all you had to say. Two little pixies winning the, um, what is it, the golden cowbell? So yes, it's a Unspundenfest uh, yeah. in Switzerland. It's a tag team tournament that yes. these girls won. And you, you, your combined weight was like... Um, uh, it's like almost 80 kilograms. Yes, about 80 kilograms together. Yeah. Yes. And there was just some like East German, you know, well, in the business we called them warhorse cunts. Mm. Kind of like, it's a bad term, but a girl who's really gassed with a big chin. And you, you beat some pretty big women. And it was very impressive. So, and I was starting a promotion, and, and I, I was very impressed by you. This is your independent promotion after you do a WWE. Yeah, yes. I was trying to start a um, combination mixed martial arts pro wrestling promotion where, with things like there's um, Sniber- Siberian snow fighting. I like a Siberian. It's not a Siberian. Give Tommy a break. Sorry, yeah. continue. Sorry, I, uh, I mixed up my consonant. He gets so snotty with me now. Oh boy, one. One mishmash of an S and an N, and, and then I get an eye roll from le- you. And legitimately, I like the word Siberian. It's okay. Please continue. Yeah, well, uh, Siberian snow fighting was uh, girls in a, would fight in a ring of snow, legitimately, and you know it was nothing like blood against white very Russian pl- snow. Very pretty. Yeah, I wanted to do like different um, 
I want to do like cheap pay-per-views with different, you know, like kind of local fighters from around the world. Like, so you, you go know. there, you go to the snow. Well, I was going there to to scout. You know, this was all like in the conceptual phase. The whole idea was to have like a a, a big tournament where it was like the toughest guy in Florida versus the toughest guy in Ohio versus someone from Siberia and just and you know, a kind of colorful local uh, tough people, not like really like world-class MMA fighters because I didn't have money to attract them. So I was kind of trying to attract the personality more than just the athlete and and that's where i ran across you guys and you would have put american wrestlers against like folk wrestlers from siberia that's yes. what being a promoter is all about i would like to clean like this show would you mm -hmm. it's not too late is it well it's too late for me well actually long story short but we got, we got a lot of things going and a lot of it I really can't talk to about because it's stupid legal stuff, but I lost all my money. So that is where the money you were going to pay us also went? No, that was uh, after the money I didn't pay you. Oh. <laughs> I don't, th I mean, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I don't think the money I was going to pay you ever existed, and I apologize well, for that. Well, it's, but good, it's good that we know now. You came to America. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know... You're going to learn it from someone, right? Someone was going to fuck you over. Might as well have been someone you liked, right? I, when you put it that way, that's really, it's kind of sweet. Kind of well, sweet. Very it's, sweet. It's yeah. a gentle way to be effed over, I guess. Yes. yes. It's like being, fuck, being, it's like being beaten to death with feathers and... And smiles. Yeah, and smiles. Were you about to say <laughs> something bubbles. much worse? No. Okay. That could be our new gimmick. That's good. Do you I want to ask Tommy now if he wants to manage us or should we wait? Well, I believe you just did then, didn't you? And and the answer passive is... Passive-aggressive, how unlike the Pooh Bell twins to be passive-aggressive. You bring it out in us. Yes. You make <laughs> us seem so bad, but we are nice girls. You know, bring, bring back the Schwingenhosen. Oh, my goodness, my, sh my Schwingenhosen. Oh, I just came across them in the... Uh, I was excited. You were not happy about those when we first showed up in them, though. Um, I believe I was, but maybe I had an adverse reaction. You wanted um, us to, if we cut them down into hot pants, swinging uh, hosen, you said that's the only way we can wear them. Low yeah. cut, hot pants, swinging hosen. I stand hosen. by that. Okay, but and that's yeah. not traditional swinging hosen. You it's your personal swinging hosen. It's Americanized uh, swinging hosen, but... Well, anyway, we did it. Yeah, and... It actually went over really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you being so mad about that? I don't know. I feel like I need to defend myself at all times. Well, I mean, sometimes I don't know why people intellectualize things when the idea is to like hey wear those shorts that are like three inches big and it'll go over big with the crowd it did i'm a genius i mean yeah. it's not that hard girls it's remember a very wise man told me when you overthink you tend to over stink who is this man uh that was conan o'brien so that's his phrase i always oh. when you overthink you overstink did you meet him at some point yeah i used to work for him a long time ago speaking of stinking I and conan o'brien i'm intrigued do, do you want to make it you do I do the segue or what? Are we moving on to next Segue number five is about to happen. Tell me, I want to hand <laughs> you the headphones so you I don't think suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think it's actually a segue when you say, now let's have the segue happen. That's not Fifi, a segue. Fifi, it I was perfect. talking to her. But still, <laughs> no, but it's it was not happening. I have to agree with Tommy on this one. <laughs> if you're going to segue, you just do it. You don't talk about right. it. I'd like to bring attention to uh, to my interview style. Segue number three, improvised. Now I'm not going to say it. Mm. It's about it, Okay, it's about the hot dog. You were a hot dog. Yes, I was a hot dog. I was a farting hot dog on the Conan O'Brien show. I, true story, I came to work and... I had flu and um, sometimes like, you know, uh, well, I was a writer there, writer performer on the show and it, 
He was all these costume characters. I came to work and I legitimately had diarrhea. And Brian McCann, this other writer, said like, "Hey, can you be a farting hot dog in this sketch?" And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." That's the least I can do. Yeah, and so I was really sick and it was this really shitty hot dog costume. And I think the bit was uh, for the um, mascots. Mascots was the initial bit, like for like unknown football mascots, and have like you know silly. They could not afford to be flown out, and Conan flew them out. I think was the premise. Mm. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, uh, on to more stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it came out and had a song and had farting noises, and I would I just did this weird dance while I was sick, and I would wink and stuff, and just people w- actually loved it. It was like, oh, it has to come back. And I'm like, oh, really? And I just begrudgingly did it, and it came back like 20 times, which is good because I got paid every time. You were really good at it. I was really good at <laughs> it. Yeah. Know, I think pretty much it was the fart noise. but uh, I think it's the winky faces. Yes, could be. little dance. I, I think there was something about the, I don't think this guy wants to do this, and he's <laughs> being forced to do it. It actually got so big, there was, there was a show called American Journal or something that flew to Detroit and interviewed my parents over it. I was in the Globe. It was ridiculous. I did nothing. You know, I disagree that you did nothing because uh, I watched on your YouTube some clips and there was a... You broke your leg at one point, is it true? Yes. In real life? Mm-hmm. And uh, I see a section where uh, you are lost. They cannot find a farting hot dog, but they scan the crowd. There's a farting hot dog in the crowd, but not farting. He has a wife. Right. Now do you remember that? And uh, wife was not aware that he was a farting hot dog. Right. And... Uh, they discover that he's a farting hot dog. But uh, wife is talking. Tommy is uh, just doing uh, these amazing faces, you know? Oh. Because for some reason you are not speaking as a farting hot dog. Yeah, I never spoke. I yeah. don't believe. You were like a pantomime uh, yeah. expert. Was it? Like a Marcel Pantomime hot dog that farted. And, and my story's over. Can we move on to next well, section? I, why can't I be f- uh, do a French accent? That makes you mad. No, you make fun Would of it me. Would it be better if I did a Quebecer accent? No, my ears are bleeding now. Can you please stop? I was a hot dog who did not speak. I only farted. Well, thank you. I, pre- I mean, I didn't mean to I thought you stop so everything. I thought you were so great as a silent hot well, dog. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But then you hear your music. You begin to do farts again. You mm-hmm. are very happy. They have found you again. I begin to do farts again? Yes. Well, <laughs> well you French girls, you know about, what's his name? Lepetamine? Where? Yes, he's a farting performer. Yeah. All he do is he was like the, the world's biggest star. He was huge. You know about him. I do. I pretend I don't though he because I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. It's high culture what he did. I love it. The French present company excluded, but you know, Wait. you know how French people can be. Come on, girls. I was in uh, France with the WWF though. In what city? In a city called Paris. Uh, Paris. Yes. What's with the dog shit? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. I think now they're actually making some rules that where you cannot make uh, let your dog do poos everywhere. Your dog, his name is Curtis. Mm-hmm. You love him very much. Oh, very much. Where is he? He's home. He's taking a sun. I was gonna bring him, but he was taking a sun nap. He needs his vitamin D. So vitamin dog. And he has a new friend. He has a new friend named Maggie who is up for adoption. Oh, uh, wish we had a website to give out. Hey, put a link. I put a link to a yes. photo of Maggie. Say about how great Maggie is. Maggie found uh, running around. She's a Akita pit bull mix. Really sweet, really great watchdog for a single girl. A little separation anxiety, but she's just off the streets. Oh. We've got her to the vet, full bill of health. 
She We even had her poo-poo examined by a veterinarian. Okay, then Maggie's good to go. She's good to go. So we put up a photo in a, a, your yeah. private uh, email address and your phone great. number. That would be fantastic. And your home, ad- home address so you can just yes. go over and pick her out mm-hmm. of your yard. Yep. She's, she's already learned her name. She has no chip? She had no chip. Aww. She has a chip now. And then whoever we give her to will fill out the and send it in. It'll be registered to them. What I do is I take the stray dog immediately to the pound. And then they'll see if it has a chip or someone's looking for him or her. And then they watch him for three days. And then you adopt him out for a hundred and some dollars. And that way you can get him fixed and get all their shots cheaper than if you took the dog to the vet yourself. Uh, so that's... That's the M.O. that I do. That's smart. Have so you done it before? Curtis was from the streets here. He's Saw him a there. soft dog. He was 35 pounds and oh. scabby ears. I thought we were going to have to be amputated. And he took. And uh, I'm trying to get the poo bells to cry. And his ears were all scabby. Scabs. Scabby ears. It's true. And then he wouldn't come. I saw him for months. Him and the, what I assume was his brother. The dogs were hanging around. Oh. And then uh, was it like early October, one of those late September heat waves like four years ago and I came out with a pitcher of water and they both crept up and then they drank like two pitchers of water each and then they rest is history where's the other one shot him in the head no I'm kidding (laughs) 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 no uh, the other one got we took him to the pound and then the other one someone at the pound wanted to adopt him and then we took Curtis out thinking like I'll find him a home and then he wormed his not Unlike the Poobel twins, a wormed is away into my art. Mm-hmm. But you take much better care of Curtis than you ever took care of us. Well, I maybe in my life was a time more capable to take mm, care of a okay. dog than two crazed French wrestling twins. Twin, you're two twin. Mm-hmm. While a dog is big responsibility, uh, Poobel is much even bigger responsibility. I notice the moment we turn 18, uh, Tommy is gone. Yep. Yeah, we just left in America to fend for ourselves. Yeah. He go out for coffee and uh, and some cheese for us and never see him again. You have to realize that I, I had personal issues that were that didn't have to do with the Pumel twins. Everything had to do with us at that time. I know. Even this, by not having to do with you, had to do with you, if that makes sense. It's the way it should be. Yes. But uh, after you leave us, uh, mm-hmm. what happened with your life? You do anything? Let's see. When was this? This was... It should be early, like uh, 2000, something like that. Somewhere no, actually, it was, it was later. It because, yeah, a WWF, I left in 2000. So this was 2001, 2, 3. Oh, yes, around uh, yeah. 2003, mm-hmm. 4, something well, like my that. Well, the, f- the financial uh, part of the mixed martial art thing went... Uh, people, uh, people yeah. took your money. I don't want to put it like that. It's I, I had a part in it. It was. You take a responsibility for it. Well, what do you do? Did uh, well, he, you had to feed us and stuff? It was, well, was it our fault? Did was we it, did we ruin it's your not life? Our fault is it? Did we ruin your life, Tommy? Mm, mm, no, I can't even I can't even joke about that. He did not. Okay. Okay. You made my life so much worth living. I thought we all had fun for a while. Yeah, we had a great. Yeah, it was good. Um, no, just stuff went south a little bit. A little. Yeah, as, yeah. as things. You could have found me at the Burgundy Room every night for five years. We were too young. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Will you come to LA uh, when uh, around two thousand four? I can't remember. 
Well, you know what? I actually, I was like, I called half-assed by Coastal. I actually was like, when you put it on paper and talk about it, it sounds exciting, but it was really stressful and horrible And because I was living in New York. And at one time I had a place in New York and L.A. and was living on a third place in New York and was subletting places because yeah. I just kept getting different gigs and was trying to do this martial art thing. And I had a condo in Nevada. It all sounds like when I'm saying this, it's like, like wow, this guy's got shit going on. Yeah. But it was just fucking idiot whose fucking finances were just plummeting and he's just scrambling around but I, at least i get to say that i did have like three places at once vegas new york and california two being subletted that is impressive it's really not it's <laughs> anti-impressive when you really get down to it because it was just shit fell apart you just have a one place now yes oh. <laughs> no it was just i was chasing an opportunity and just and you catch could, a did poo not belt catch wind. it. I caught the poo belt winds, but uh, you well, know what? It's I blame uh, the the public wasn't ready for you. You know, as you know, shopped you around. WWF. They, they well, you know, everyone was. Yeah, you I know. know. I now they have the Bella twins, which are. Mm, are they real twins? They are real twins. I'm sure they're very nice girls, but mm -hmm. their name is a, a lot like ours. Mm -hmm. And they're are they are also five four and weigh a hundred pounds. No, see there no? you. They're there's I think they they have to be. 130 pounds. We are, we are too small. We too, it's a problem. If only... To me, only women over 100 pounds, why? Why would you even look at them? Yes, it's either 100 pounds or 600 pounds, according to Tommy. Yep. Nothing in between. Nothing well, in between. Well, yeah, in between, just the cocoon phase. Mm. Forget it. And most of the 100 pounders are not going to be 600 pounds, ever. Even no if matter you how hard they try, bless their hearts. No. And believe me, I've tried. I do believe you. No, like you, you guys maxed out 400 pounds. Your, your hearts would give out, I can tell right now. That sounds like a challenge. The challenge is on. Begin the feeding <laughs> part of the podcast. Segway now. <laughs> I have no segue. I have no segue. Begin the segue seamlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Was that an exhale and a throat clear? Yes. All in one? Two ways to say let's move on. Without saying, let's move on. Exactly. Um, so you're a very sad man with no money and many homes. Mm -hmm. Then what happened? Then, uh, well, then I started making cartoons. And everything's coming up roses. <laughs> People in animation world are very nice, right? Yes. You like that world? I like that world. It's nicer than a live action people? Mm. Yeah, it's more like thoughtful nerds and stuff. I, I, I think if you have to generalize. It, does it, it uh, you like artists? You were going to be a painter at one point. I know <laughs> about you. Yeah. Tommy oh, like went to Tommy went to painting school. You did? Yeah, for like two <coughs> weeks, and I thought like this is the stupidest thing I could possibly do. You also went to army. Yeah, that was after the army. Well, like you I went try lots of things. Yeah, yeah, you have to do lots of things when you fuck things up. <laughs> you're Tell so me. you're so sweet and you're so nice, and it makes it sound so like you know. But I just have to tell you, like most of these interesting things are the direct result of me fucking something up really bad but you have such a colorful life i don't know why you say it is a i'm just trying to tell the truth okay no? that's all we wanted so isn't this a truth isn't this a truth podcast this is a yeah, chance for you to just air all your dirty laundry and yeah. get it all out it's their therapy it is therapy yeah so, so you you happy now I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So animation, we talk a little bit about. Uh, you did a, a show called uh, Metalocalypse. Mm hmm You play uh, the meanest character and also the sweetest character. Oh yes. And I also the most on cooking character. 
Yes. Those are the three. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you play also like a... I've heard your voice many times as like man talking. Yeah, it man It sounds too. exactly like Tommy yeah. Butcher. Right. Stop. Yes. Stuff like that. You may have heard this guy. Hey. That guy's in Those there. are my favorite guys yeah. to hear. Where it's just Tommy oh, not flying at all. Remember this guy? Well, sometimes the pace of that show is so fast. I swear I'm doing, we do like, when you do like the radio play, you... You'll just you'll do a lot of the voices just to like get it in, get it going. Like you know a, a scratch. A scratch. Yeah, and, and they then just I'll, keep I'll it. listen to it and be like, "Well, they left the scratch in." Like, I think the pace just because that show gets so ambitious. Like, because I'm not even trying. It's like, okay, well, okay, what is this security guard? Hey, get out of there! Okay, we got that. Just to you know get it get it recorded and then later. I, I love to just hear a Tommy Blotcher say stuff like that. He just remember this guy. Look out, Mr. Loki. They call him Mr. Loki. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh, and then this guy. Can I help you? That's a good one. Isn't that's it? a diff much different guy yeah. because your eyebrows move when you. Yeah, yeah say that was, one. that's a different one. Did you ever uh, play a lady? Yes. What does that sound like? Can I help you? I have not watched it for a while, but uh, Yappy Broads, you did Yappy Broads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Did you use a lady voice or normal voice? Uh, normal voice. Oh, you did. Yeah. No, it was not normal hairdo though. I was in a dress, but I had a beard. It's, it was like the view, but uh, for some reason, uh, men, large men who mm -hmm. with beards, wearing dresses, yeah, yapping, yep, and that got picked up for how many seasons? Zero. Okay, well, <laughs> how many episodes? A zero, maybe one if you consider that. Well, there's one episode. You watch it, right? Bibi? I watched a part of it. Yes, mm. so it's it's available. The we rest it was apparently unwatchable. No, I just wanted more Tommy. <laughs> and you were actually kind of quiet. The part oh. I saw, you were the, the taciturn one <coughs> as a group. Yeah. Was a little shy. Well. You look good, though. I like your headband. Thank you. And your bob. Oh, that's right. I had a, had a, had a really headband. Really cute. And your low-cut dress. Maybe yeah. that yeah. is why I I think, uh, you know, Tommy, I feel like they're taking advantage of you. The, to the costume lady take advantage of you. Mm, Exploitative I, I outfit. I really doubt that's true. There's not that much thought even put into it to take advantage of someone in that show. So <laughs> the set, someone put a lot of thought into the set. You want to hear something about that set? Yes. And this is true. I It was done at oh, somewhere in the valley, off Ventura, like HD Studios or something stupid. And I was like channel surfing later, like a couple nights later, and I saw that set. And it was an Extends infomercial. Uh. Remember the Extends? They had like those, they had like a talk show set up. Extends is a... It's um, one of those fake pills that makes your penis longer. Oh. And they had a whole half-hour infomercial. And I was like, what? That's that's the set we were on with the same French doors and the same like tree out back. Exact, not, not even done any different. So, so it's just a generic set? It's a generic set. Like this this place, I guess, has infomercials. I, I bet there's like three infomercials with that same. In other words, all the highest quality productions mm -hmm. take place on that soundstage. Yes. So it's like hallowed halls when you're there. Yeah. And I remember that extends infomercial because one of it's like pills, but also they had sodas. What kind of idiot would be? Uh, yeah. I guess it's kind of cool. Oh, excuse me. Well, I have a drink of my soda. <laughs> That makes my dick bigger. It's more casual than popping a pill in the middle of conversation. I guess it is more casual. I guess there is something to the two products that make your penis bigger being more casual. I don't know. Yeah. What do you, you invite a lady over. You have a nice night. You yeah. you have been to a bar. You and have seen the man on a TV delivering <laughs> a hand baby. You invite them back to your home. You say, excuse me, would you like a drink? I keep him in a cooler right next to my couch. Oh, excuse me. 
What do you offer her, though? Nothing. Nothing? What do you mean, I offer her? What kind of on, setup is that? On your date. It's wrong. You should be ashamed of yourself. What? After you drink your penis enlarging soda, what would you offer the lady? I meant a beverage. No, I meant a beverage. I do not trust the Pooh twins. Never have, never will. <laughs> you cannot believe that we are as pure as we are. I, you're right. I cannot believe that. <laughs> Where are you going? Okay, so actually, I want to go check on my daughter Chloe. She's. I told her Doctor Roxo is in the living room, and oh no. she's uh, she's terrified. She don't want to come out. You so say he was uh, dressed in his in the outfit, yeah. You told your daughter that. Yeah. The daughter you're raising above a strip club. Um. Does she have her own room. Yes, of course she has her own room. <laughs> what do you think? I'm well, some type of monster mummy. You can't answer like your daughter. You're raising her above a strip club. Yes. Does she have her own room? Then you're offended. <laughs> what, you think she lives in a drawer? Come on. Uh, it's an apartment. You're it's a little hung up on the strip, strip it's club. It's not a dressing room for the... Of course I'm hung up on the strip club. This is big lights and ladies with big boobs that's that run around on the stage. What's that's downstairs. Upstairs it's like a paradise, no? But oh. you still can hear that. <laughs> you know what's yeah. going Only on. Only in the evenings. Your, your yeah. daughter's name's Chloe? Yes. You have not met Chloe? No. Yeah, I guess I. she's five now. I don't think... Five? Yeah. Let me see. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be Billy Whipper Watson, would it? He was like a grandfather to me after you left us. <laughs> right. We stay in his uh, trailer home for... About it was an RV. RV for about two months. He would sleep outside on a cot just so we would be comfortable inside. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. Yeah. He's, we drive him uh, to his uh, banquet hall to do uh, matches. Mm-hmm. He still talks about you. I thought he was dead. Mm, it could be. I don't know. This was, what, two years ago? I don't know. When did you see him last? Uh, about eight years ago. Yeah? Yes. He could be dead. It was a Frenchman. He's not in the picture anymore. You gross, Tommy. Lord Littlebrook? No, he was like, uh, he's like 62 years old. What are you talking Pierre about? Pierre the Lumberjack? Uh, was it Pierre? Was it Pierre Baby? No, no, no. It was, it was someone else. Butcher Vachon? We never mix wrestling and love. <laughs> you know that. Last I checked, it does not require love to make a human being. Well, I'm maybe for Americans, but yeah. for French people. Oh, yes, of course. You always have to feel love. Yes. Every French relationship is... You're so cynical, Tommy. Oh. Your life is good now. Why I'm you cynical. Why the French so are not cynical? No. We are uh, <laughs> realistic. Yes. Yes, so realistic. My husband will leave me. Me, and my husband? No, no. Okay. I'm just saying in general. I have a great uh, relationship with Plainzo. He loves me. Yeah. You've met Plainzo? Mm-hmm. You like him? Uh, what's not to like? Well, oh, you don't like him, huh? I, he's fine. But we would <laughs> not. We would not have this apartment if it wasn't for Plainzo. We would not be able to stay here because of uh, naturalization. You have. You got in just under the twin claws. So I don't know why you all have some attitude. You have not American husband. No, I don't. Tommy, have you a French wife? No, I don't. Interesting. My, my wife is from, well, she's from Texas. Are you guys married? No. You should marry her. She's a wonderful girl. Don't she's one of our favorite people on the world. Don't let her get away. Won't let her get away. You want to propose to her right now? I'm not so sure she'd say yes. <laughs> I, I bet she would. Which is not to say yes about. <laughs> Begin the list of what is not to say yes about now. 
Did you meet her on a show called Mind of Mencia? Yes, I did. What is more romantic than a show called Mind of Mencia? Nothing. No, see, Nothing. You Next go. question. <laughs> you, know, you know, I knew, uh, I knew uh, Tommy's girlfriend um, outside of uh, knowing Tommy. Yes. We meet both of them around the same time, but in totally different circumstances. Yeah, some nefarious wrestling business also, right? She's a customer for yes. wrestling. She That's uh, a tough job, customer for wrestling. You never Clean, want cleaning a lot of bacon yeah. and eggs out of underwear, exactly. if you know what I mean. Spandex does not breathe the way it should. And vinyl is a greenhouse for ass pimples. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. No, that's the wrestling biz. That's yeah. gang. That's the wrestling biz. Hey, American uh, wrestling locker room, do they smell like Mexican locker room, which is all, it's Tiger Bomb and uh, Suavitel baby oil? Oddly enough, this has been a, a topic of conversation before. The Mexican wrestling locker room does, it's very accurate in your description. In in my uh, general uh, experience, the American ones have more coconut oil smell. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Good to know. Good <laughs> yeah. to know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have a cream algesic or what's, you know, it's like a tiger bone. It's like yeah, diff- yeah. But it's still different. It's still minty. but Yeah. it's it, it, And they're all the same, but you can tell each one's different. Like Ben Gay. Yeah. You can tell the difference from tiger bone, even though they're similar. They're like, you, you have a different, different smell. But uh, very similar. The Puerto Rican locker room, I don't know. But that's a big Puerto Rican pro wrestling locker room. Huge in Puerto Rico. Really? How old is the wrestling tradition in Puerto Rico? Oh, I, d- I, I don't know. I, I imagine, I think probably from the 40s, you know. But American is like 1880s or something? Yeah, I would say, well, you know, you'd say it, would ca- it came out of the, uh, just the carnivals happening, I'd say the 18, you know, even, actually even earlier, people have even uh, speculated that Abraham Lincoln may have been a pro wrestler in the sense that how wrestling started was you'd have these carnivals and you'd have wrestling matches You'd have like a big star, big guy go around and be like, oh, who can beat the, you mm-hmm. know, this guy? Then they'd start like, you know, if we have a local boy beat him, we can kind of make some money on a bet, like an underdog. And also people would come out and pay money because they'd be rooting for this underdog local boy to beat this big guy. So they kind of like, hey, how about we have your local, you know, guy, I'll come in with this big guy and have your local guy beat him and then go to my neck of the woods. And then my guy will be your local guy that comes from the outside. So that's kind of how it started, like, working the matches. Mm-hmm. And so they said even, like, Abe Lincoln used to wrestle at carnivals. And so mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he may have done something like that. Basically came out of, like, fixing bouts, but also this kind of, like, the carnival and, like, you know, the local guy. And, and then wrestling is always like that. It kind of felt like they had their finger on the pulse of, like, the population. Like, in the 20s, when my dad was a kid... He told me about, like, and my dad was Polish and in Detroit, American entertainment, the movies didn't represent, like, mm. ethnic groups. But you'd go and you'd see, like, the, the great Tolan, who's this Polish guy, and he would beat the German guy, whoever, and people would go oh. crazy. But then that same guy who's playing that guy might go somewhere else and and lose as another ethnicity. They'd kind of figure, like, you know, what's the local makeup of this town? Oh, like, you know, Argentinians, whatever. Oh, we'll have Argentino Rocco. He'll be the star. And so all the locals would come out. So, that you know, that's that's kind of how that, that started. And, like, you know, Chief Jay Strongbow, did you ever hear of him? Mm-mm. Actually Italian. But, you know, so there's a lot of, like, things like that. You're, what are you, Italian? Tonight you're an Indian. You know, I wonder if it has a hate to get all serious, but the you know. roots in that type of thing. Why people have a, such a big problem with uh, wondering if wrestling now is fake? Because I get that question, and it uh, annoys me very much. It's really funny because it's. I even got it, and now pretty much everyone knows 
what it is. I think a lot, like I said before, like Dwayne Johnson can go on The View as The Rock, but you'd have like the biggest intellectual would be like, well, you know, that's fake. I don't know. It's still like this weird bug up people's ass for some reason. It really bothers people. It really bothers people. And and it's like you never say fake to a pro wrestler because they'll slap you in the face and say, is that fake? It's open hand slap. It's the, exactly. the word is worked, you know, yeah. meaning outcomes are worked out. But it's, you know, it's very vicious, very hard. I've seen guys paralyzed. Yeah, you get it's horrible injuries. incredibly hard on the body. You, you, people can't do it themselves unless they're trained. Yeah, you know, it's, but, you know, they wouldn't say that to like, an, you know, and I had an actor tell me like at a party too, like it was all up my ass about it. And I was like, you're a fucking actor. What the fuck are you doing? It sounds what is, like you know, it's like, fuck you. It reminds me of like if a grown man was going to say to me, uh, you know that Santa Claus is not real. Yeah. You know, like he's got some attitude about it. And you want to say, well, duh, in a way, yeah. you know, of course, there are some things that are worked out. But uh, these people actually get slammed onto a table, yeah. which you cannot do. So the word fake from them sounds so derogatory. But, uh, and plus, they like to just fuck with people, too, yes. like that. Like I, I had, a, I was at a, a party in New York, and there was this guy. Oh, he was a fucking PhD. That's weird. It was, like, bagging on wrestling. And I said, like, same thing. Oh, I, it, I just, it's fake. And I was like, well, Doc, I, I had my suspicions when I was in fourth fucking grade, <laughs> asshole. Like, what are you saying? Like, you know, like. I know, you, you kind of want to start arguing. Well, no, it's not fake. What do yeah, you, what do you I mean? Know. And also, the thing that kills me, and I came out and wrote on sitcoms, is people be like, I, I'll bag on wrestling all day. It's the lowest common denominator. The fans I've seen will make your skin crawl. The people I've seen in the stands, the shit, you know. But you can't fucking work on a sitcom and say, hmm, look down your nose too far at wrestling, you know? You can't be in Hollywood doing this shit and be like, you know, that's the stuff that, that kills me. I think also that there's some humor and some subtlety in wrestling. The, Absolutely. And the level, the high level of commitment of the, of the characters yeah. I think is a lot more impressive yeah. than... You can oh, yeah. I've known grown men to be so committed to a character that they'll die <laughs> in real life about it many of them <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> there's no level of commi- yeah it's it's fascinating it's I, but maybe you like, do have to separate the fans from the actual yeah. wrestlers i think there may be different breeds of people in some ways but also you can't you know when if you had a machine that says okay frazier look at all the people that are watching <gasps> you'd be horrified <laughs> <laughs> any gathering of over 10 people is disgusting period they could be models. And you ever go backstage at a fashion show? You've been there, right, girls? It's fucking horrible. Ten or more people in a performance-style thing of sports, of anything, with some kind of locker room, there's shitty underwear or panties left somewhere. It's horrible. People are disgusting. Human beings are awful. There's too many of them. And Good there point. we end the interview. Well, it's a high point. It is a high point. It's a high spot. It's a high spot. Wrestling term, folks. Wikipedia. Five years old, I'm still dying. It's it's not it's not like one of the, the Vashan grandsons. Um please stop. Well she's a beautiful little girl. I'm sure she is. Could you do uh, your Dr. Oxo for her please? Really? Yeah. Oh boy. <coughs> Let's see what sometimes I forget. See, I like Chloe. Chloe! Was I heard of some of the girl named Kaka Chloe? That's it, huh? You you've uh, created a nightmare for Chloe. Yeah. yeah, I created the nightmare. Not 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 her not knowing who her father is living above a strip club. 
I suddenly created the nightmare with, yes. a, with Thank you for three seconds it. of a fake voice. She's going to be such a maladjusted Hollywood girl growing up, and you're going to blame that. Well, you did that voice. Yes. No, it just means you have to spend time with us, as a, you know, and she'll get to know you. And I have to raise her? No, no, not raise her, obviously. But, you know, just become part of the family. We, <laughs> we never see you anymore, to, oh, Tommy. Oh, okay. Yeah. This means you have an obligation to hang out. Oh, I have an obligation to a young girl. Yeah, you and Allison can uh, practice. <laughs> oh well, get rid of that dog for us, and we will. We make we'll a switch right We can do a yeah. trade in a second. Have we some other things to talk to Tommy about? Well, you guys still uh, wrestling? Still training? Yes. Still with that fucking high flying. Fifi and her planchers, they never stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, plancha Susie does. Do you know any Mexican nesting terms? Mm-hmm. You know a tope? Mm, what's that? It's a fly through the... Oh, yes. Yeah, it's my thing. I like it. Uh, scissors, uh, las tijeras. Do you do the Eric Can runners? Yes, Where? we do. From the top row. Good, good girls, good girls. Can good you work. do uh, wrestling moves? <laughs> I remember... Yeah, I get thrown through a table. I can receive a German suplex. I can receive a gut wrench suplex. I can receive can any receive. suplex there is out okay. there. Yeah. What what about e- can you execute one? I can execute quite a few of them. Yeah? Yeah. Have you? Have you wrestled? Well, I've trained. Oh, you have? Yeah. How does it work with American wrestling? For us, we start off with rolls. Yeah, rolls. And rolling. And then you do three-quarter uh, rolls, and then you build up from there. That's how you train. Mm-hmm. What do you do for American uh, training? Same thing. Fall on your back, flat, yes. you know. A bump. Take bumps. Uh, sometimes I got like the fast track because it's like you're going to go through a table here. I'm put my hand here. You put your hand here. You go up, and you take on, it. Onto a ladder. La- Americans love uh, oh, that ladder match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. What is the farthest that you've fallen onto a table? Oh, I, I guess my butt would be five feet in the air. He pick you up and put you on a table? Mm-hmm. Okay. Outside of, like, from inside to outside of a ring? Or what? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a pretty Have good... Have you ever uh, been hurt? Mm-mm. Uh, I, I forgot to tuck my chin before and Ooh. hit the back of my head. But, yeah, but n- nothing. But actually, what, like, I'm so... I'm just the right amount of fatness to go through. So often, like things like tables are so. Besides, maybe the possibility of getting cut or scraped. If they're done right. Sometimes they just they sound horrible, and they're like nothing. You're just laying there like a baby. And then sometimes there's weird bumps that don't look like that much, but hurt. Yeah. If you, you know. take it uh, in the wrong way, if you don't like have a distribution on the back, it yeah. can hurt very, very bad. Mm-hmm. But wrestling, when done right, usually you're not getting hurt so much. That's right. Well, it's like they say a, uh, a real good veteran can have a five-star match with a mop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. once Who you says just it? Hmm, this Who? is old. I don't know. I like it. Mountain Man Mike? Yeah, Mountain Mike, Mike, Mountain Mike Murphy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, could have. Sounds like something you'd say. Do you get a thrill to be in a ring with someone? A ring? Of course it's thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. But do you do anything like that now? No. You have a do you have a wrestling voice? No, because my wrestling stuff was like, "What are you doing? I'm scared." It was get her in here. We have to deliver the hand, baby. Right. Your acting was really committed in that uh, clip. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen you be so that's animated. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. I was actually disappointed. I should have gotten that crazier, but it was so thrust on me. Yes. There's other things I did that were a lot more fun that were you know bigger, but that one was like. You wanted to outact the end. Well, you know what they did in is in the wrestling biz, they always want a rib, which is a joke. So uh, one of the guys there was Gerald Briscoe, former uh, 
tag team champion, old school guy behind the scenes, um, part of Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Jack Briscoe just died recently, former NWA champion. I think him or his brother like never lost a amateur match in college. So this is this kind of behind the scenes guy. It's like oh, but it'll kick your ass at seventy years old like that. You know, one of those guys. And he had a he has a real big gag reflex. So and he's worked behind the scenes forever. And Vince is always trying to try to get Briscoe to throw up. So that hand was covered with goo, and then and it's. They're always like fucking with you in some way. So as we're doing the hand baby thing, Vince in the hallway is like, "When you get that hand out, put it right up in Briscoe's face, so I'll throw up." And like, so I, you know, it's the big boss telling me to this other guy who's a legitimate, you know, fucking ass kicker. Like, oh, I gotta do this, and I don't know if you kind of see at the end or whatever. I put it in his face, you and he do. goes. Ugh. There's like string of the yeah. spit that comes out his mouth. You know oh right, yeah. So, so it was, disgusting. and then after I thought he was gonna go after me. I was like, I, you know, because fucking wrestling's nuts. Like. You just be like, Briscoe went after him and broke his leg. <laughs> what is it with the Vince and, and throw up? Because I just watched a documentary. Uh, oh, with that was tragic. That's um, I was working for. I just came down. Vince McMahon was on Conan, and I produced a segment because I was always saying you should have wrestlers on, and I knew a bit about wrestling because I used to manage and do stuff. And so Vince said, like, you should come on down and uh, go to a few matches. He kind of recruited me, and I was wanting to move to California, so. I just went to his office and he he said, come down and uh, pay $1,000 a night. Just do some consulting. So I was like, oh, of course. So I went to two matches, like I think in Louisville or something, and kind of hung around. And what I didn't realize is like you on the road, you couldn't just walk into Vince's office. You know, people worked there a long time and they were kind of like, who's this guy? You know, everyone's, it's such a nefarious world. Like, who's this guy that's, you know, hanging around with Vince? And then there was another guy named Vince Russo, who was his right-hand man at the time, was all like kind of weirded out by my presence, which I didn't even realize. Like, So I, I went to two things, and I helped produce a couple things and said, oh, you should do this. And here, it's really weird. Like, I'll, I'll handle this interview or kind of directed some things. And it was just like you kind of forced your way in and stuff. Like, this is weird. So then I went back, and he goes, well, just go next week. You know, they want you to go next week. Meet next week, meaning like Monday Night Raw and Tuesday they had other shows. So it's like go to the TV taping it was in Madison Square Garden in New York and then Tuesday night was in Nassau Coliseum and uh, so I said well I, uh, you know I have no reason to and he goes just just go to TV next week go one more time and uh, you know it's it's in New York you're in New York I'm like okay so I'm like I'll get paid another like two thousand dollars and it's you know I didn't have to travel anywhere because I was living in New York so I came in on uh, sun Monday to Madison Square Garden and Vince and his sons came over and said, like, Ted Turner, WCW at the time, kind of stole, like, Vince Russo, like, abandoned WWF and went overnight with a couple other members of the creative staff. And he's like, that, that fucking snake Ted Turner stole Russo and, like, we have no show and, hey, man, I need you. Let's go. So I was like, what? And we wrote the whole show in, like, on a yellow tablet. Like, we just, like, okay, here's what we do. And then the production meeting, Vince was like, you run it. And I was like, suddenly like saying what we're going to do at the production meeting. And you know, it, which is in the morning with all these like, you know, fucking wrestlers and Triple H in, in, the, uh, in the room. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. So I called my girlfriend at the time and said like, oh, because actually it was going to just go down and say like, I just wanted to say goodbye to everyone. It was cool. <laughs> so then I'm like, I, I think I'm going to stick around for a bit. I, you know, suddenly I'm working for pro wrestling. So show went great and everything and then you know it was just so hectic because you have to do it's live live tv three-hour show and it's like well, what are you gonna do you're gonna stick around let's go we got you know we got to go to nasa tomorrow i'm like okay so then the next day i'm writing the show and darren drozdoff and this guy um matt who's uh prince albert was his tag team partner 
was kind of saying like who's in that movie because this some of the stuff that was happening while I was there was like they were filming that movie uh, so Beyond the Mat. Okay. And uh, so then I was like, that guy's good. We should you know let him get on the mic and do some stuff. So I met with those guys, Darren and uh, Prince Albert, and like, hey, we're gonna do a thing where you're gonna puke in uh, D'Lo Brown's bag. He's like, who the fuck puked in my bag? And it's going to be dropped and you're going to get on the mic and we're going to do a little program, as I say, a little business. And those guys were all excited, like, oh, the new guy's giving us a push. That's, you know, so I'm getting all into it. Like, oh, okay, so, you know, they're kind of letting me do things just because they're kind of stuck because they have no one there and it's just like, it's frantic. So there was a match, it was like second from last match. I remember D'Lo Brown and Drozdov and there was some move in the corner where Darren was like, uh, so sweaty and he's big I, I still don't know exactly what or how it happened but basically he fell on his head and you could hear like a pop yes and this was a Nassau Coliseum and I was like right down there and the the doctor came out and he I could he, he was like breathing up and down I'll never forget like a horse his you know big guy's 280 pound guy and he was just heaving and he I could hear him saying like I'm fucked my neck I heard it pop I'm mm. fucked and then they took him out, you know, and th- that show was to tape, so it wasn't live, live, like Monday Night Raw. They took him out in the uh, stretcher, and then there was a match after, and and I remember D'Lo Brown just, like, tears in his eyes walking around, and then we had to, like, like okay, all hands on deck. We had to kind of figure out how to edit for a show, you know, while this thing was happening, and and it was so surreal. And then I was meeting my girlfriend at the time. She was uh, working on this show with Louis C.K. And we were going to meet him at this bar, White Horse, in Manhattan. I was like, okay, I'm driving back from Nassau. The show was over at some time. And, I, you know, Long Island. I guess it was like an hour and a half drive. I can't remember. But I was so spaced out, I just got lost. And I, was, I found myself on Staten Island. And it took me so long to get there, like three hours. And I just was like... It's like, wow, I just worked for wrestling for like two days and just all this drama happened. But I ended up working for, you know, over a year. So that was your intro- introduction? Yeah. Wow. And then uh, I didn't even get paid for like six months. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so crazy. And then it, they did the the greatest old school thing because it was so like, you know, I had money at that time. So I, but I kind of was like, well, I, I think I'm going to oh, we'll take care of you. And then I was kind of like, and everything was paid for as far as like, we'll travel sometimes a private jet if we went to the West Coast, you know, like a Learjet or it's all first class. But I was like, man, I, don't, I have no contract. And it was getting, and it was so fast paced. I was getting up to like six months without getting paid. <laughs> and then uh, his son, Shane, had a napkin. He was like, write a number down. I wrote a number down. And like, okay. And I was like, fuck i should have fucking wrote a much bigger number you know it was a great number and everything but uh yeah so that's uh that was the beginning it's like of a that. circus like you join a giant circus. i always said it's like it's the problems of managing a sports team with like being on the road with a rock band also writing for a soap opera mm-hmm. it's kind of like those three things because you you deal with injuries and egos not unlike athletes and mm-hmm. and sometimes shows have to change because of um an injury and then you got to like write a multitude of shit and you got almost like I mean, produce tv like you know like uh like nfl football or something with the, the truck and the switching and then it's also the lighting rig and the crew and the semis that's like being a rock band so it's like all those things and uh how did it uh, end basically i was ready to move to california and this opportunity rose so i had to put like a year and a half immediate pause on my plans just mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. 
so that you know it really was a tough decision because it was like he felt like he, he and would hear Vince McMahon go you got a home at the World Wrestling Federation for as long as you want you kind of want to just like I really was tough because it was like man I'll just do this would you go back to it no because it was like kind of marry that girl or don't marry yeah. her you know and and I can't say never say never but you know there was a part of me that was like well this is my life I should just do it but then I had other ambitions and then yeah. And I had the great idea to start my own stuff. That sounds like a very, a very, it sounds like a very intense life, though, to be doing all that. I mean, did you you were traveling around with it? I mean, did you have a home life? How did that work? Yeah, it it um yeah, I lived in New York. It's kind of like there's reasons there's third generation wrestlers because there's no kind of living outside of that kind of business. I think it's it's sure it's intense, but it's you know like some of my the biggest heroes of my life are you know like. Uh, Ronnie Garvin, a guy who didn't finish high school, I think, from Quebec, and then learned how to fly a plane, then started flying other wrestlers around because they'd have such long travel time, then became a cargo pilot and still a wrestler, and now is like this guy in his 60s who flies cargo planes, sometimes wrestles and hunt. He's just my hero. You know, there's there's some guys that, there's a lot of tragic guys who die, but there's a lot of guys who are just like working class guys who have traveled the world like presidents have. I mean, so for... All those tragedies. There's a lot of like really good stories, you know. Jack Lonza, if you're listening, up in Minnesota, Black Jack Lonza, like another personal, a lot of personal heroes in the in the biz. Pooh Bell Twins. Oh, finally, oh, uh, yes, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, Always takes a serious turn when it talks about wrestling. When is the recording over? You girls haven't thrown up yet. You haven't puked yet. Don't do that. You know what's? Don't do that for free. No, I get paid to do pukes. But uh, poor Darren Drozdov got paralyzed with a tragic story. See, when people say is wrestling fake, you want to think about that for a second. Of course, and uh, yeah, countless injuries I've seen. I've gotten concussions. I'm sure. You got a concussion from a girl who who was uh, angry with me personally and took it out in the ring. That mm. happens. I made comments about, uh, what if you have fake uh, boobs? Did they uh, burst in the ring? And I that was enough for personal vendetta. I had not noticed her own set. And she uh, quite... This was not wise. Bibi gets a kick in the eye. Kick in the nose. Yes, you got kicked oh, in the nose. Oh, I have been kicked in the nose, but it was an accident. Right. Yes, yeah. It's tough because sometimes they'll do it just to make a name for themselves. Or they'll, especially when, you know, they'll take the uh, the youngster out there or the, the novice. It happens or the all the time, yeah. yes. In Tijuana, a very large man slapped me across the face very hard. First thing in the ring. And I so stunned, I just stood there. And then I sort of turn around and go back. Yeah, that's called a potato. <laughs> the potato? A potato. You didn't know that? No, I did not. Potatoes, like, um, you know, the worst thing is for the fans to be sitting on their hands, right? And not So sometimes it'd be like, okay, what's this? Um talking to uh, Fifi or Bibi Poobel and everyone's kind of meandering this, that, and the other thing. I'll just slap her in the face as hard get as I can. Going. And <laughs> gets things going. Yeah. So, yeah. Very yeah. effective. Very, there's nothing like a slap in the face, even though you know it's oh, coming. Yes. It's like, And you know what? It doesn't really... If you don't hit their ear and you don't hurt their eardrum, yes. it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, this show is called The Slap Boo Show. Uh, do you want one? A slap in the face? Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't like a contrived slap in the face. I like them to come in a real time. Well, so then we're not going to slap Tommy on the face. It's very orderly. We do not like the orderly slap. Exactly, I knew. I like a French slap. Just what? why the fuck did that come from? That happens like when you're in a bar late at night and mm -hmm. a girl throws an ashtray across mm -hmm. the room and then she slap you and storm out. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Remember my girlfriend's from Texas. Oh, but she is so calm. She's a firecracker. Yeah, she is a firecracker. But she can get away with it because she's beautiful. Yes, she's beautiful. I'll. Uh, here's the last one of the last <laughs> phone conversations I heard from her was in the Austin airport. She's on the other end and she's rushing. I was talking to her and she's like, "Oh." Fucking didn't put the fucking lid on this coffee, this fucking Starbucks. How hard it spilled all over me. Yeah, I'm talking to you, bitch. <laughs> and then phone dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sure she's fine. Oh, uh, trauma. <laughs> yeah. Such a sweetheart. <laughs> can we be your bridesmaids? Mm-hmm. All right. We're holding you to that. And then I can get this. That's, that'd be a good place for the slap. Um, do we talk about some music video that we made? The promo? The swinging promo? Yeah. Um. I don't know if you can find it on YouTube, but... From uh, the Unspundenfest? Yes. We did a rap um, with uh, Tommy um, that I actually found recently. And we maybe put it up. You want me to put it up? Yeah, if you can find the link. We put May it I go on record saying I think it was an horrible idea. Why? And yeah. an even worse execution. Well, you were the one who wrote it. And also you had the good sense to record it. So. And the good sense to not bring it up. But... Okay, what is worse, this or the hand baby? Well, that is like, what is worse, this cigar in your eye or diarrhea in the pants? I don't know. Well, you can wipe, uh, you can wash away your pants, but, but uh, you can't. Uh, cigar in your eye would hurt. Yeah, and where, where was that when you guys were coming up with your catchphrases? That's a good one. All right, so I guess I won't talk about it anymore. No, you've talked about it. We've known, and, and the link will be up. Or would you give it a? <laughs> yes. Okay. If I had to sum it up, it would be. <laughs> when I go through this interview, I'm going to figure out which inspires uh, Quebecois Tommy, which inspires German Tommy, and which inspires American Tommy. Uh, different mood uh, associated with one of those. Mm, I would like to know myself. I would like to go back to the beginning and conduct entire interview in Quebecois. Done. I would like to also order two eggs side by each, uh, a couple bacon, and two treat toast. I think I maybe I'm thinking of making this Quebec uh, thing uh, more of a permanent. Surprise Allison when she comes home with oh, new Tommy. She knows Quebec. She It will be like the uh, other American Tommy. It will be dealt with in the same way, I'm sure. How, how And how she deal with the Tommy? Uh, there is a uh, usually some kind of eye roll. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if I do it enough to really bother her, there is a threat of uh, some kind of violence. Yes. And um, then she pretty much do what she want. Yeah, that is a lesson. One thing for sure, she almost always end up doing what she want. That is a great thing about her. This is true. She seems she seems nonplussed by. <laughs> Some sometimes she is very plussed, <laughs> but still do what she want. In fact, I find her often plussed. <laughs> sometimes she can even be overplussed. Well, this has been wonderful interview with to- with Thomas. And uh, please take Maggie from him and um, check out the uh, links. We put up so many links. This is great. We were all even uh, willing to drive as far away as Arizona, Nevada, or even uh, north of North California to take this dog to a good home. I don't think we would drive as far as Seattle or Quebec. Quebec. We will not drive that far, but we will drive 500 miles. Wait, 500 miles, that's a... Okay, I said it, 500 miles. You've uh, you've committed to it now. 500 miles. I will drive up to 500 miles to give this dog good home. All right. Au revoir, Tommy. Au revoir. Au revoir.